0: Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the future. The future is great. Welcome to Black Hills Information Security, talking about the news. I'm your host today, Ralph May. We have an all-star cast. We have some great stories. We're going to talk about net. We're going to talk about uh, ransomware, because why not? We love ransomware. And we're also going to talk about you know, whatever else we can find. Maybe some NPM stuff. I think we talked about that. But anyways, today on the show, we have Ryan, who makes us all look good and look pretty. Um, we have Noah, who also has moved rooms and has new paint color. You're looking good, buddy. And we also have John, <laughs> who's typically the host, but didn't get into the news story so here i am and so he is here to make it all fun
1: i think ralph just staged a coup <laughs> and has taken over vhis talking about the news because of the neglect of the leader which is what we continue to hope will happen in russia
0: uh we just want i just want to get to the end right where um you just get rid of the bunker it. thing yeah it's the bunker, bunker. thing. yeah, yeah. i mean i know it's a little dark guys but I it just, is just, it is
2: you
1: know but we, so, but if so we could save some time.
0: lives on that i'm i'm all for it right go for it so.
1: I'm trying to figure out if Noah looks good because of the paint, or if yeah. Noah looks good because of the camera, yeah, or yeah, the color, or yeah. if it's that he combed his hair. And this, is looks, Noah I, 2. Mashing. this is Noah 2.0. This is Noah 2.0. There's like a secret
3: in, in movies and editing that you go with the orange and teal color grading look, and that's exactly what Noah is pulling off right now, so that's why you think what, it looks yes. really good. About, Plus, blue works really great with my and, eyes.
1: Yeah. What about yellow and like kidnapping people in your basement? Brown is that is that okay? Does that work?
3: That's good, good for point. the um, um, the name drops. Uh, I can't I think it. of the term, but movies that are take place in the seventies. There we go. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's the look I'm looking for. Yeah, that's it. it. All right, we did it.
0: Can you imagine going in your Home Depot? Can I get that uh, kidnapping brown color, please? Yeah, it's, yeah, everyone knows. (laughs) It over well. I saw
1: this one comedy routine that was hilarious, speaking of, like, kidnapping, where the guy was talking about pedophilia, and he was talking about all the different levels, and it's not all pedophilia. There's different levels, and he goes on and on and on, and he talks about it, and at the end, he goes, and the big problem with all of this is you can't talk about this without sounding like a pedophile, and I was just like, (laughs) done nailed it and won it. it was a great it was a great great video i didn't know where the hell it was going but no noah's background looks phenomenal so all right so yeah we can get ian on i don't know if we can promote ian he I has he
3: has the ability to jump on here you just, just gotta do
2: ian it
1: on. Be good. Ian, if you can it. hear all us you our- can join What's our first story? I like how they're broken up now into CryptoSec, ransomware, political. Yeah. Trying to organize them a little section. bit.
0: Microsoft gets its own section, you know, cause they really get hit on a lot. Right. They I mean, do. but think about it this way. They're like literal, like moving tanks, right? Like they're, it's mm. not hard to hit this thing, right? They're not very fast. They're, you know, pretty big. Right. And so anyhow, um, yeah. What do you guys want to talk about? We, um, we got a couple of ransomware articles. Uh, we can also we can start off with Netflix if you want to start off with Netflix. That's Let's a jump into Netflix. So for uh, for everyone who may not be aware, if you have a Netflix account or um, possibly more likely share a Netflix account with your buddy, friend, old girlfriend, whatever it may be, you might be noticing that Netflix is nudging or trying to nudge you in the direction of um, not sharing your password. And the way they're doing that is um, very simple. They're looking at your IP address, which probably hasn't changed in the last three years. And they're correlating that to the other person that you stole the Netflix account from, or maybe willingly got the password from. And they are saying, hey, you don't live there, um, but don't feel bad. You are the payer of this account. If you want this other person who's mooching off you to." get access, you can just give us a little bit more money, right? So, yeah. Um, sign of things to come. Are
1: they rolling this out? Now, I get the impression they're rolling it out overseas first. Yes. Or are they actually starting to do it in the United States as well? Because I haven't seen it on any of my accounts. Chile, I mean, Costa
3: Rica, and Peru are the beta they're test, test areas. They're, they're
1: testing it
0: there. So, they're testing I mean, the waters.
3: Because they, they know that if they did it here in the U.S., it would cause a crap storm
0: that what they want to do is they want to capitalize or make a little bit more money right like for people sharing the password but they don't want to insult you so much that you
1: want to leave right they're trying to find that threshold trying to find like middle ground right because the band-aid
3: off slowly
1: yeah and i think i think never better hit it like right away like right out of the gate spotify has been doing this for years you basically pay a little bit extra and I have, a, I have a Spotify family account yeah. and I happily pay for it because it gets my entire family. They're all on the exact same account. Kids don't have True. to worry about buying their own. So
0: I think it's kind of interesting because Netflix has kind of already, all always kind of been supporting this with the family profiles that everyone's very aware of. Right. So that you could kind of like have his profiles, yeah. which, which actually made password sharing easier because it now was a you know, track, yes. but it was a
1: trap. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. here's someone else, a uh, little girl. What's your name? Yeah. I'm Lauren. Okay, Lauren, we're going to create a profile for yeah. you. How does that
0: sound sweet? Yeah, profile has been uh, very important. They know where you live, actually. That's weird. Um, and oh. then you don't live together. In fact, you guys broke up three months ago. It was terrible. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's. Well, uh,
1: and Adam brought up a I, great point. I have there. a simple
2: solution different. for this, though. I mean, I really do. So the community can just reach out to me and uh, for a low price, I'll sell you two Raspberry Pis. And it'll create a site to site VPN connection connecting your house <laughs> to that house, so that you come from the same IP address. Oh, it'll be completely free uh, for the most part. Like there won't be any subscription services or anything like that. Just pay no attention to the fact that uh, we might occasionally send some packets out of your home IP. That's 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 yeah. irrelevant. We'll just get yeah. over that. But, worry but that's, that. that's that's easy solution. <laughs> that's it's
1: perfectly fine. Trust us. Yeah, Trust isn't
3: that a real product?
1: I'm sure there's a plenty of products. I so. don't think. I don't think it's quite. I feel like we talked about this already. Through, I I think we talked about something similar on Silicon Valley, the TV series from HBO, where they were sharing the internet everywhere. (laughs) Um, But the other thing that I I kind of like about this, though, too, just to be honest, is look at Amazon and Kindle. So I have—I'm not kidding. It's probably 20 Kindles, and the reason why is my kids take them, they lose them, they leave them at you know different places. I I once had a Kindle. All of a sudden, it's like. These are the books that you're, you're, you're reading, and it's in my library. And it was a whole bunch of like these uh, spicy Latin American romance novels. Because mm. apparently, someone had one of my Kindles that I forgot in Costa Rica. And it was- oh. But being able to track that and like de auth these things is important. <laughs> and in our vacation rental that we have on the other side of the mountain over there it's all the time that we go in and someone forgets to log out of their Netflix account and it's just there. And then people just continue watching it. And I wonder how many arguments happen in families where they're like, Bill, get in here. Who watched this movie? And it's like some kind of <laughs> horrible, like, you know, yeah. like, you know, skin style movie. And it just creates it. This is going to bring families back
3: this is I, watching I, i'm not gonna lie it. there's
2: been a few times where i've gone to like hotels or whatever and i check the smart tv to see if someone's left themselves logged in and if they do mm. i'll just go find random movies to watch i don't even watch <laughs> them i just make sure they wind up in the like my list to just <laughs> encourage and then i'll log them out because i'm a nice person Noah's, but...
1: Noah's in there, human sentence <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah just but really making you, it put weird a blanket over the screen and go to bed
0: yeah
1: so, yep hey and
4: welcome
0: to the party
1: hi
4: yeah. hello joining I, I just as we were talking about uh this and i couldn't help but remember a story an ex-girlfriend of mine worked for a large cable company provider and let's just say some movies of an adult nature were charged to a cable account and the spouse called and <sighs> said how did these get put on there what were they and it it turns out they were yeah they were they were all the other spouse and they were not particularly um, storylines that the other spouse knew they were interested in. I <laughs> <laughs> like
1: how you put that. Yeah. You know, it's, well, it's like,
4: funny to keep it PG, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, good. yeah. I, yeah. I, I,
1: I had an IR engagement that was kind of like that. There was a guy that worked in a city, and uh, he was quote-unquote surfing porn while at work. But they had, what was that old web filter from years ago? I think they were bought by um, their, I don't know how it was named. Um, I want to say like, it wasn't blue coat, but whatever it was, it was some type of uh, outbound web proxy. And uh, they were blocking like a lot of porn websites. So this guy was going to like bikini websites and he was going to the Wikipedia and there's like racy stuff on Wikipedia. And just so <laughs> you know, if you ever find yourself in a porn fix and you find yourself going to the Wikipedia for said porn fix, yeah, you have a problem. You have you're have scraping a problem, the yeah. bottom of that barrel. That's the equivalent yeah. of drinking Sterno while it's lit because you're an alcoholic. And I remember this lady, she, she were going through all the stuff that this guy went to and she's like, this has got to be the most disgusting thing you've ever seen. And I'm like, Oh no, oh no, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. And she asked what is worse. Five minutes later, there was an intense unhappiness on the other side of the <laughs>
3: An intense unhappiness. So, all uh,
1: right. What else do we got for stories on this? Um, oh, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so we do have a couple. Ra-
1: ransomware is still uh, a thing,
4: right? Oh, um, I thought we got rid I of that. We, oh, there was an exactly. I thought we
1: solved it. Didn't we solve that in episode, like, 20? Dude, we solved I, it, like, I at mean, least five episodes ago. At I, least I have five. To-
0: I, I, yeah, I have a personal story, too. A buddy of mine actually called recently and said that he had been uh, ransomware, right? Uh, I think it was like Bolt Lock or whatever. I don't know. I had a lock in the name. Um, but yeah, <laughs> his, his NASA got ransomware, right? He's like, what do I do? Like, how do I do this? Right? Like, how, how can I, you know, um, long story short, he actually ended up paying the ransom because he really wanted the files back.
1: How much was it?
0: Uh, she's like 15, maybe two grand in Bitcoin. Wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. If you have that many files, you're going to pay that money. Yeah, no, I mean, so and he, he got it decrypted. But anyways,
0: yeah, so there, there's been a couple different ransomwares recently. It's, they're, they're not going away. They're going after. No. They're, they're, you know, the other part uh, specifically about ransomwares recently that I've noticed is that they are, are monetizing zero days, right? Mm-hmm. They have learned that if I get a zero day, instead of, you know, trying to go to the vendor and see what they'll pay me, right? I could just get crowdsource it, right? You know? Mm-hmm. So uh, there's been a couple. Um,
1: I saw it. There was an article that was out a couple of days ago, and I didn't even bother reading it. Um, and you'll, you'll find out why from the title. It said the, few, like, the coming end of ransomware. And <laughs> I see articles like that. and I'm like, I'm not even going to read that because that is the dumbest thing. I, I, I mean, I don't know. There might have come up with something like if you solve ransomware, you have solved computer security. And I can guarantee you they haven't solved computer security.
2: I, I know Probably. there's a simple way to solve ransomware. We just get rid of all money. We don't. We don't need money anymore. Mm-hmm. We'll be good to go.
1: Yeah, well, that's, why, that, that's why people, people do what? it. Society. Well, let's imagine that there's no heaven, no religion too, or nothing to live or die for. You perfect. May say, I'm that's a, a perfect
2: scenario to get rid of ransomware, right there. I'm
1: not the only one. Yeah, right. It, it's just not going to happen. Um, I just don't. So, what's the ransomware story that you got queued up for us, Ryan?
3: Uh, I don't know. Which one is it, Ralph? Which one do you Let's want to talk top about?
1: One, maybe? Um, yeah, so there was a couple.
0: I guess the uh, the other story that I kind of wanted to hit, uh, hit on real quick is about ransomware. So um, I guess now companies are going to have to tell the government. So uh, U.S. lawmakers yes. are going to make it mandatory that cyber reporting or cyber attack uh, reporting law for critical infrastructure, right? So, um, yeah. I, so this is uh, adjacent to ransomware, but we'll kind of take like a little, uh, you know, like a little off ramp here. And we talk about like the laws around, uh, reporting these kind of attacks and, you know, kind of how it's affecting others. Right. Um, so as opposed to just on the consumer side, right. So this is, um, uh, ZDNet article. And I guess the, uh, uh bipartisan provision passed by the U S Senate is uh, part of the, uh, 1.5 trillion funding package. It's got some language in here for, um, uh, reporting these kind of things when it has to do more specifically, I believe with uh, critical infrastructure. So, mm-hmm. uh, and this is uh, CISA here. So, uh, yeah, but get- this,
1: so there's so many things I don't like about this. I think it's important from the critical infrastructure, but like you said, how does this continue to grow? I honestly feel like this is like the Netflix thing that we, we started with, right? You know, it, it, go ahead, report, report. This group's going to start reporting and then it's going to be, everybody's going to be reporting. And I think it's just a matter of time before fines start getting. Can dropped I
0: reported in- on the IR- Can I report it on my taxes for like, like if I paid the ransomware? Is that tax deductible? You think?
1: Yes, I think it is. Actually, it is deductible as a loss. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, I took a loss. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, no, actually, just- oh my god, that's oh. like a brilliant. That is an absolutely brilliant tax avoidance scheme. Your organization gets ransomwareed. <laughs> you put that money into Bitcoin. And it's effectively laundered at that point. You can transfer <laughs> there you like go. The IRS isn't going to track that money.
0: Again, on Black Hills Information Security, talking That's about right. that. If it's only welcome, it was one more papers. season of
3: Ozark.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one more <laughs> season of Ozark.
3: Adam Johnson's in there. Oh,
1: we got one more. NFTs? Yeah, NFTs. It's kind of the same thing. So, yes, yes. You I, have I, to. So, how do you feel about forced reporting? Like, I can understand the critical infrastructure part of it, but this whole thing makes me feel really uncomfortable. Like, how does this scale? Like, is the government going to come in and assist, or is are we dealing with uh, are we dealing with fines that are going to be coming down the line? Some more.
0: I'm not really sure. It didn't say anything necessarily. Um, as far I, as I'm the- not saying okay. now, but I'm saying where does it yeah. go? I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. Like, how does this actually help? I, I think I think that the the goal here was hopefully to like capture you know something from critical infrastructure and you know to know that these systems got attacked and so the government kind of is in the know and necessarily maybe not in the dark in this kind of scenario but i mean well, I'm gonna, what they're going to do with that information and like but, h- how to you know they're mod- not modify, this, like take care okay
1: of it. So, okay let me unpack a couple of more things like i hate sure. i hate to disagree um with Jen, but one of the things that Sissa is doing that i really don't like is CISA is like, here's the top 175 vulnerabilities that we're seeing exploited. And I understand where they're coming from, that they're like, well, if we patched these things, then we're going to be in a situation where there's going to be fewer exploits. And I, Like, once again, I understand that, but it's wrong. And the reason why I think that that type of process and the way you look at it is wrong is if we have all these organizations that are starting to do reporting, And CISA has already shown its proclivity to doing this, where they say, well, these are the things that need to be patched out there. Is what happens in the industry from that? Even the best intentions as it starts, is people say, these are the only things that we need to patch, or these are the critical things that we need to patch. And then we start ignoring everything else. And the mistake of this is we believe that our adversaries, many people believe in the security community, that our adversaries are static. That they're using the exact same attacks and it's like these 175 vulnerabilities if we fix these we're going to be okay most organizations for these vulnerabilities if they don't have a patch management process they probably don't have a password policy um they're probably not using two-factor authentication that is usually a symptom of bigger issues and just like you mentioned ralph a lot of people are using zero days and they're monetizing it whenever they're going against ransomware and my absolute biggest fear with this Is that you're looking at a situation where people are just going to focus on those things. So, Data Epsilon or Delta Epsilon just popped up and said, Is this different than OWASP Top 10? It absolutely is. Because if you look at the OWASP Top 10, cross site scripting, SQL injection, command injection, remote file include are classes of attacks. You don't go and patch your system for cross site scripting. For every single application and every single web app that you do, When you're looking at cross-site scripting as it manifests in that application, it is unique. And you're talking about a class of attacks. And that's what I wish CISO was doing. Instead of saying, here's 175 things that people are patching, why don't they just say, patch y'all, like you should be doing that thing. So you're training people to do the right behavior rather than trying to patch individual specific things. So Delta Epsilon, I hope that answered your question. And I'd like to open that up for, for you all because this is something that's starting to bother me because I've seen this in the past where it's like we just patch and fix the critical and high vulnerabilities in our vulnerability report. We all know where that ends up. These are the things that we're going to recommend for this compliance framework. People try to find the way that it's the minimum that they can actually hit. And I feel like we're creating a new minimum and CIS should be focusing like on OWASP on much larger meta things rather than saying, here's the hundred things or 175 things that you should be patching. Well,
2: I was just gonna say, I, I agree with John on, on some of this stuff. I, mean, I agree on with mo- all of it, really, but I do kind of understand where CIS is coming from on this, which is that there are a bunch of companies, vulnerability analysts that are looking at this incredibly long list of vulnerabilities and they say, I have no idea. And I know that we've talked about vulnerability management, John, and how and how we uh-huh. would do it, but not everyone knows how we would do it. Um, yeah. And so they just see this massive list. And so CIS is coming in and they're saying, all right, focus on these 100 items. It's not necessarily so much that I I don't think they're going, it should be insinuated, yes, you should be patching your systems. Um, But I I think they're really trying to address more of like, focus on these hundred and then go fix the others.
1: And and like I said, the intention where they're starting, I think is a very solid, good intention. I just think it leads us down to the path of all those people that are trying to figure out how to get started. They're going to say, okay, well, we patch those things and we're good. And it goes back to OWASP, OWASP intentionally, I mean, I wasn't there at the beginning of OWASP. I am that old. I probably could have been there at the beginning of OWASP. But when you talk to people who were in the room, who were some of the grandfathers, um, like Jim Monaco, or you look at Justin Searle, Kevin Johnson, who came in later, there was a huge push to try to make sure that whenever they created the OWASP top 10, that it wasn't specific to any products. Um and they kind of lost their way a couple of times in the past, you know, few years, but they tried to focus on those meta things that people should be focusing on. And I and I like that. That that's the right, right. approach rather than saying fix these specific things. <laughs> I, I believe. So
4: we haven't seen that play out in any other framework, right? I mean PCI, socks, none none of those things led to executives and boards saying, We're secure now. we we're PCI yeah. compliant. We're, we're <laughs>
1: never happened. You're right. I, I it, and you're right. I missed it.
4: Yes, yes. Uh, but I, I would say that I think that one of the bigger dangers too is you know I've I've worked with lawyers at lots of multi-billion-dollar corporations and they're going to be terrified by the idea of reporting early or when do we need to report and this is a government agency no matter what and when we've dealt with breach response you know you say oh, hey, yeah, we, we, now we've got to report this to the SEC and we have to report it to state governors. Oh, and this federal agency, the lawyers are going to lose mm-hmm. their minds. to say, no, we don't want to do that until we're absolutely positively certain something has happened. We know what's happened. We know our liability, and, and it's going to get really well, dumb.
1: It gets Well, it gets into that paralysis, right? Because as soon as you notify um, a number of these organizations, they're, they descend on you like locusts. Mm-hmm. Um, And you have to pay for it. I mean, one of the things you talk about insurance is another kind of example of this, where somebody gets hit by ransomware, the insurance company brings in their own raft of professionals. And some of them are fantastic, right? But once again, it goes back to when that that firm that the insurance company recommended works with you, their number one goal is not your financial interests. Their number one goal is the interests of the insurance company. Um, and those goals will align for, for a period of time, but there is actual divergence that exists there. Um, and that's the same thing whenever we're talking about these reporting standards. If you're a lawyer, if you're somebody that's compromised and you have to start reporting to these different organizations, um, once again, looking at Colonial Pipeline, which I haven't done much in the past couple of months on, um, Colonial Pipeline was an absolute nightmare because you had – hopefully I'm not speaking out of turn here – But reporting and working with multiple different government and quasi governmental agencies, like you said, becomes a full time job in and of itself. And it is incredibly expensive. And all of that communication that's happening isn't actually helping restore the organization back to where it needs to be.
2: Yeah. I do think it was interesting you mentioned insurance. Like, this is only going to progress to at some point where we have like an Equifax of cybersecurity. Um, where when you get breached, they're going to maintain this database, and when it comes time for your insurance quote oh. to come up for your cyber insurance policy, they're going to look at like, well, you reported this breach; it was a small one. Well, that's, yeah, that's fine, would, you know. Hopefully, it, hopefully it's not your bug bounty. Your bug bounty found a couple cross-site scripting. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, that's that's a five percent of. There are at least uh, two it's only a matter of time. already doing that
4: that I can think of, and I won't I won't throw them right. immediately under the bus. But oh. I've I've dealt with that where they've said, oh, we pulled this thing, and here's all the stuff we've seen from everywhere,
1: and you go, well, that's not us, and that's those people. Well, we, we had that problem in, um, I can't remember what company it was, Kent found it, um, but one of those companies is scanning us on the outside, and they hit our honeypots, and we got like a D- minus score on their report card, and we had customers mm. that were like, I don't know how we feel about doing work with BHIS if they've got a D- minus on their security. It's like, they just did a scan. They checked some configuration of our email, and then they gave us a score. We managed to tell them these are honeypots, and they're working. They worked with us, and our score is up like a B plus or an A or something like that. But you absolutely see that type of thing happening, and I do know of insurance companies that are literally using that report card and saying we're going to have to raise your premiums because you have a C minus on your InfoSec report card. So, There's so much money there, and it's and it's garbage. That's not real security at all. So speaking of Scan reports going bad, though, right?
0: So I guess Microsoft Defender's been tagging Office updates as ransomware oh activity, right? So I can uh, believe it. Yeah. So this just happened recently. Microsoft Defender uh, had some false positives, but it was for their own Office product, and it uh, pretty much made a downpour of ransomware alerts inside of Microsoft Defender for Endpoint. So for those who haven't used the product, it's kind of like Microsoft's. Cloud version of EDR, and you know it takes everybody's computer and uses that as one big botnet to take all the information it can find from Defender and use it to pull back, you know, detections. Right. So uh, it became a feedback loop where it found detections that it alerted as ransomware, and then it found more, and then it was like, "There's a ransomware attack going on."
1: But that's the that's the um, that's the artificial intelligence training model. Yep. Yep. Right? Exactly. Like all it takes is a handful of attack. Red team pen testing companies using this as a technique or actual adversaries, and it gets out of control really quick. It's like Microsoft Tay, but in Office. No, I think you were going to say
2: something. I was just going to say, like, uh, you know, I was going to say some quippy remark about, yeah, watching the SOC day in and day out. Microsoft Office does some really crazy things. Like, I mean, just spawning uh, VBS scripting and stuff like that. I mean, why would Microsoft program that into their product?
1: (laughs) Well, and I, and I think how many times, Noah, have I actually sent an email at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning where I have asked point blank, like, what the hell is this? Like, this looks horrible. And you all oh, respond yeah. back. You're like, no, 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 They're literally using PowerShell or using, they're downloading .set files for, like, configuration changes. I'm like,
2: I, I, don't, I don't know if you saw my newest favorite one with Word. Um, But the newest one I found was there's a way that you can use Microsoft Word completely built into it to import root certificates. Um, And the whole purpose was for SharePoint on-prem. So if you had Mm -hmm. an on-prem, like, self-signed SharePoint server, um, and you basically did the right-click and, like, open in Word the client, it would import the cert. But you can also just feed it any Base64 encoded cert you want, and it will just pull it right in. So uh, yeah this that is, was fun. this is
1: awesome cuz i remember this conversation i told you you need to tell the the red team to be the and i literally it when i was on the video conference with you it literally looked like your soul was getting sucked out like you're like <laughs> i'm a blue teamer john that's not that's not what Don't i do move my like, religion oh, do it now i thought you were one of us john no, no, it's, it's all good, John, you. because
2: I, I think I went to that meeting and then I stole some of their techniques and put them into our sock, and, and so yeah, we, we cool. traded. It was a trade. Trade. That's, that's funny. <laughs> it's, yeah. going,
1: it's going from
0: this to yeah, this. this. Yeah, so Microsoft uh, Defender for Endpoint is actually a pretty good product. Uh, it I'm, is. Yeah. And what, why do I say it's a great product? Because Microsoft's paying me. No, because I've actually had a really difficult time getting execution and and operating without creating, you know, uh, alerts and, and not oh secret alerts. I mean, I I'm had a guy, I had a guy,
1: just, I had a guy on Discord, Ralph, that reached out to me. Yeah. and he was like, "You guys keep talking about you know Microsoft Defender, and it's absolute complete garbage, and I can prove it." And I'm like, "Show me what you got, man. Show okay. me some yeah, screenshots." Sure. And he's like, "Well, it's Microsoft. I'm like,
3: and? <laughs>
1: and they're horrible." I'm like, "Compared to what, really? Are we ta- yeah. compared to Google, Apple? Yeah. What are we talking yeah, yeah. about?" No, it's just crap, and it's always been crap, and you know it's crap. I'm like, still not giving me any yeah. data. Yeah. I'm guessing you don't red team for a living. <laughs> no, well, if funny, you think it's funny, like but the whole
2: process of how EDR works, it's about like who has the biggest collector. That, that's that's really deal. what it sums yeah, down. Have, the yeah. best, mm-hmm. the best EDR will be the one with the biggest collector most of the yeah. time, within a little bit yeah. of margin. And Microsoft is collecting from literally every Windows uh, 8, 10, and 11 endpoint. Yeah, in the world. Yeah, that's, so. that's
0: that's that's why that's why they're so good. And you, you brought up what I was just about to say. It's just that they have their endpoints all over the place, and like you're kind of like in, even if you're not paying. So,
1: aren't you a little bit yeah. concerned that even with all cool. that telemetry, it it like still looked at office, and it's like, oh, this must go.
2: <laughs> this is this is terrible. How did this virus get on every computer everywhere? It knew. It's like no, we're terrible. We,
4: you know yeah, it's what?
1: like no, it needs to go. We, we are. We were talking about unsupervised training. I see Noah's wearing an AC Hunter shirt, but we were talking about unsupervised training for AC Hunter. And I was talking with Ethan about this this morning. Ethan hasn't been on the show yet. And he's like, what we could do is we could start sending malware samples through AC Hunter. And we'll have the red team generate malware samples and all these different C2 profiles. And then we're going to allow AC Hunter... To learn what's evil from like the profiles for like DNS, HTTP, HTTPS, beaconing, jitter, um, all these different things, going through CDNs, bouncing off of Google, doing all this stuff. And I'm like, that's not going to work, Ethan. And he's like, why? I'm like, AC Hunter, after doing that for a couple of days, is just going to be like, eff it. The internet's evil. I'm just shutting everything down. Like, <laughs> there's no good thing out of all of the internet traffic that we're seeing. It's all bad. And that's what I think Defender did with Office. It's like, so, so question
2: is what you're insinuating is that this is one of those things where, like, man makes AI to help, like, facilitate man and make man better. AI finds that the best way to make man better is to just destroy man.
1: Yep. That's what I think is happening. I also think that Office, like, they're seeing things that are in so Ultron. Yes. I think what they're seeing is there's certain features that exist in Microsoft Word and in Office that are only used by offensive people like they're used by hackers and red team <laughs> it was created in, it was created in redmond like 15 years ago and its use case has been exclusively red teams so funny. Well,
2: with the exception of that one accounting spreadsheet that's been alive no, one accounting spreadsheet
1: yeah but we can't get rid of that that makes Boozell and hamilton actually paycheck
2: <laughs> yeah if you get rid of that if you get rid of that feature then you know these large companies will just cease to exist all of a sudden microsoft was probably updating one of
0: those like features inside there that we only use for malicious activities and that's what caused it
1: to yeah, you know <laughs> probably they're probably trying to stop the attack.
0: Yes, we're stopping the attack. It's, it's a feedback loop. Oh, no. Anyways, uh, kind of funny stuff. But I mean, obviously not funny if you're the admin who's getting all these alerts for ransomware. That was just a Microsoft update. So um, uh, oh, 1 a.m. Yeah, sorry. Sorry if we're uh,
1: laughing at your pain. But here's yeah. the fact. Some of us have been doing this a long time. We've been there. You'll laugh about it, too, later.
0: Uh, m- much. It'll be much later.
1: Yeah. What else, what's the next story we got since we're picking on Microsoft?
0: Oh yeah, well, we had two actually from Microsoft too. Um, so picking on Microsoft and in theme, right? So uh, Windows zero day flaw gave uh, admin rights, uh, finally got patched. So this one's been out for a little while. This was in, uh, it was a uh, privilege escalation vulnerability in the user profile service. And in Microsoft fashion, they patched it, right? A little, a little while ago, but the patch was incomplete. And then more researchers decided to look at it. Like, everyone started looking at it. And then they found a vulnerability that applied to all the Windows versions as opposed to just one because the patch wasn't good enough. And so, yeah, that went on for a little while. So um, pretty fun stuff. But it's patched now, right?
1: And that's why yeah. you don't let the offensive community QA your patches, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'm more trying to figure out, in you're, you're old like me. Like, how many times have we seen this this song play out?
4: Let's see. Uh, there's a song in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, the, the tale as old as time. Hacks <laughs> as old as time. Uh, exploits and Microsoft. I don't know. Yeah, no. I, I
1: remember. I remember that song. The yeah, Candle sung good. it. Like yeah. it, it was talking about exploits and Microsoft. I mean, right. there's entire classes on patch diffing, yeah. where you basically are like looking at what the patch does and then reverse engineering what that patch does to write an exploit, and then doing research in adjacent issues. Yeah, it's exploit um, Wednesday
4: for sure. Yeah. exploit Wednesday.
0: Speaking of exploits or uh, fun things that red teamers do, there is a new uh, so kind of novel. All right, I like it. So it's a browser and browser attack for doing phishing. So what what this means is that um typically you would send a, you know, um, t- typically you would send a link to somebody right to click and maybe capture their login credentials, right? And when, when they go to it, they have this domain that they're going to, and you're kind of proxying the traffic, maybe you're capturing two-factor. What this is, though, instead, is it's actually a link to a Web VNC session, and the user is interacting oh, with another computer, right in the web browser. And actually, WebVNC it, it's really cool. They literally are interacting in the browser and logging in. So it it kind of takes out that whole middle part, right? Um, you can capture anything they do on the system. so kind of interesting. Um, but the uh, the attack is pretty much a link. And when they go to it, they're seeing the browser in a browser. Um, and uh, yeah, they're capturing credentials
2: that way. This is so this, basically, this, this is, is like brilliant. weaponized browser link.
1: Yeah. Well, they're all weaponized browser links. I yeah. think yeah. what's crazy is this is completely bypassing all the existing protections mm-hmm. by making it, you're literally serving them up a virtual desktop with just that browser app. Yeah. And you have total control of that. Entire yeah. You have total app. control
0: over everything, right? So you can obviously capture all the session tokens. You can capture whatever. You can make them do a bunch of stuff. I mean, like this, they're really actually on another machine, right? They just don't uh, realize or, or, because it's just in the browser.
2: You yeah. can have keyloggers installed or, or, yeah. uh, you know, screen capture, whatever you want. Yeah. You can pull everything off.
0: Yeah. You could make like some message pop up that made it look like some uh, you know, to request for more information about something else. Like you could get pretty wild with it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty
1: interesting. Um, this seems very, very, very similar, like the idea of invoking something like this to what, uh, Mike and, uh, Steve did at the loud, last wildest hack where you can send somebody a dot RDP file yeah. and then you can basically set up shares that are bi-directional and you can drop malware. It's kind of, you're using these other technologies to actually gain access to these systems. This gets back into the gray area of computer security and how offense is really good at finding these gray areas to actually launch these attacks against it. Yeah. The question was, how do you defend against it? This wouldn't be able to steal cookies. No, Delta Epsilon, it wouldn't be able to steal cookies because you're literally running and logging in and the cookies are being generated on the attacker's system. It's Are like the equivalent words? of
2: if the attacker brought you a laptop and said, Hey, can you sign into this for me? Yeah, can
1: you sign into this for me? Yeah. yeah,
2: but in another browser.
1: Yeah, and it, it exactly. It, it, exactly. It it's kind of like if you if you want to break into a friend or a neighbor's network, you hand them your computer and be like, Hey, can can you know, you're sitting there drinking, having a beer, having dinner. You're like, Hey, can you log me on your wireless network? And they'll type in their password and then you can pull it up with ncpa.cpl and then view it clear text. You're literally running this on an attacker's computer system, um, but it looks like it's your... I realize this, this is, is a really reverse honeypot.
4: What's that? the innocent people in. Yeah, yeah
1: you're, you're, you're doing a reverse evil honeypot. Exactly. Yeah, there's
0: <laughs> so. yeah. probably a lot you could do with this. It's kind of funny, too, because actually I had um, something uh, like this in my class where I was using it for Cali, right? So you could just, you know, you can get this desktop in a browser and you have copy and paste and everything's just kind of like there. You don't have to install anything. It makes this like like kind of like invisible transition you know between a different system and you know using it for an attack obviously is just like the next step kind of cool there's nothing to install there's nothing like that like literally all you do, need to do
2: is just visit the website and you know you'll be So <laughs> one thing you could do for defense on this I guess and I mean it's it's relative at best but is your password managers. If, you, if you're properly configuring your password managers and you're expecting them to autofill in certain passwords, yeah. is, which is yeah. not a great policy in general, but at the same point, like, it might work in this yeah, particular here. case, it will not autofill that password into that other site.
1: Unless, Noah, unless they go and download LastPass or whatever and install it and then log in. And then have you log into to
2: LastPass? Yeah. I, I, that would work. Yeah, that would work. What if you just had them prompt for the LastPass login the whole time?
0: Like that was like that's the whole fish.
1: Yeah, dude, that's the whole whole fish.
0: Like forget the one time Microsoft just give me LastPass, dude. And here's the best part. Here's the best part. You might be like, oh, well, LastPass has these controls in place so that like people can't reuse it or whatever. I I have control of that machine. I can just open that browser myself. Dude, the other wild part about this uh VNC, uh no VNC is actually what it's using in the back end you can share the same session. So two people can interact with the same desktop in that browser. So the attacker can take over right after they leave. Oh, nice. wow, yeah.
1: two attackers, one browser, yeah. crazy.
0: Yes, yes. Anyways, kind of cool stuff. But um, yeah, so uh, watch out. Um, phishing is evolving, as it always will.
1: <laughs> Once again, you know, we talk about this all the time where I think we're, we're coming out of a stagnated point where EDR got really good, really quick. And it's starting to kind of shut down attackers as far as what they're, what, what we're doing. Like it's really hard, but you're seeing this, like the RDP thing, you're seeing this, there's actual like growth in the offensive community now yeah. uh, to try to deal with it. Oh, uh, when you Clarks just said, laughs and YubiKey, but remember, you can also set it up so whenever the browser is going to the service, it mm-hmm. can change the user agent string, so it says that it's like an iPad or something like that, yeah. where a hardware-based token is not possible, and it'll bypass that UB key.
0: Uh, yeah, you can also prompt for the YubiKey, key, like recovery key or something. There's a bunch of stuff. That's another yeah.
4: thing too. With
1: uh, key helps. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say YubiKey key cool. definitely helps, but
4: there are ways around it, and you get them to hit that button once once they're logged into that website. Yeah still the yubi key just passed its credentials it's did its job and the attackers in there and and on that virtual machine
0: yeah and i know this is possible but not without a little bit of friction but you can actually do the usb as well like you can pass through the usb device but it's a plugin the same way your browser does it right the uh the other interesting thing is that whenever you back attackers in a corner and you say you're never going to get out of this they start figuring out ways to like get by and like you were talking about the edr improving and other things like that you back it in a corner right which is like arguably where you would want them to be but they're like we're gonna wiggle right and like you know that's the same like you you just can't stay stuck in there and like you said evolve right yeah things are things are going to change and you'll be like yeah
1: this one's tough this this feels to me like a forever day to be honest maybe one of those vulnerabilities that's not like well, just patch it. You're going to have to go into your web proxy, and you're going to have to filter out certain extension types. Or it's tough. Like this is this is not just patch, and then you're done. This is something that you can use for a long time. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, cool attack. I thought we talked about, but uh, what else we got here? Can we talk about the? Uh, there's one that I really want to talk about that was at the bottom, and other things. Yeah, sure. And I we kind talk- of ripped on CISA, and a little bit, um, but there was one where. Um, They're talking about 24% of the cyber workforce is women. And I want to talk about that just a little bit. So this is one of those things that we talk about constantly in the community. And there's a lot of people that, you know, they get mad and they say it's woke and what's the value and all of those things. And I I believe diversity is awesome. I believe music, you know, you get get the best music when you have the best diversity and you're mixing things. Because for the love of God, we wouldn't have gotten Rage Against the Machine if we haven't merged together like you know, fusion of like punk and jazz and rap together and then coming up with something that was just awesome, right? So the more people that you have that are bringing their eyes and their, their minds and their different backgrounds, more importantly, to the problems that we have in computer security, the more creative solutions that we're going to come up with. And, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do here, if you notice, if we bring up the queue of everybody, right now, I think it's like six white guys hanging out Five guys hanging out. This is not, this is not intentional folks. And I'm going to tell you right now, a couple of things, a lot of women that we've talked to were like, Hey, would you like to get on the news. They don't want to be seen. They don't want to have a profile. They don't want to get out. They don't, they don't want to deal with the, with the bullshit that comes with being a public person in this community. So I want to say a couple of things. Number one, We need to support women, and what that means is not saying, ah, we support women, but actually going through, and whenever they start catching flack, standing up for them. Number two, like we're doing with our training, like the Pay What You Can training, trying to reduce as many barriers that exist as possible for people getting into this community as well, is something that's very, very, very near and dear to our heart. People get completely bent out of shape whenever they're like, well, it seems like women are getting speaking slots just because they're women. That's that's a garbage argument. I fundamentally believe it, but we can handle it on the supply side as well. So try to help people out. If you know uh, young girls that are coming up in security, if you know young women that would love to get into computer security, they have technical aptitude, send them over to our pay what you can training and we'll, we'll get them on the on ramp to help get them into this community. I mean, Ian, I don't know if, if you want to say something. I know this is something that's near and dear to your heart as well. It is. I think that this crap is important and I know that a lot of people poo poo it. And they're like, oh, it doesn't really matter. I also know, and I, you and I have had conversations where I've been around executives of companies. Whenever after hours you're sitting around drinking, they think all of the stuff that they're doing, even though publicly they'll say, yeah, yeah, rah, rah, women, women. And then they'll do nothing but poo-poo it and completely say you know, garbage things in the background. So What I'm saying is watch people's hands. Watch what they do. Don't listen so much to what people say because there's a lot of people talking and a lot of organizations and a lot of companies talking but very few are actually taking concrete action on how to make the world a better place for women entering into this community absolutely so Ian did you want to add something
4: yeah just I mean just real quick I agree with everything that you said and, and one of the things that I the other part of that garbage argument about about you know women getting a place at the table and going through and, and getting talks just because they're women one that's it, like you said it's garbage and two uh, if you, have an issue getting more diversity or more women say, oh, well, no one's actually coming to our conference and putting those things in. That's not a reflection on the talent out there. That's a reflection on you and your conference for not making it a way uh, or making it in such a way that people feel that they they want to be a part of. Like you said, the, the, the BS and the stuff that, that women have to deal with in the field, uh, you remove those barriers and guess what? They start showing up. When they, when, and I would, I would go even further than, than women, anyone that if they are in a group that feels like they are ignored, that they are not uh, able to speak freely, uh, they're going to stay away until you prove and show. And it is on us. These great, I joke all the time that my purpose in life is to use all this gray bearded white privilege and grab people and say, come on, it's your turn. Let's come up get up here. Let's, let's see what you got and, and show people what you do. So I, I couldn't agree more.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, you know, it, it, there's, you know, cause I've been, I've been pushed, you know, and justifiably so, you know, I've had people push me and they're like, look, you know, you need more women in your conference. Hell yes. I agree. If you talk about women that show up on the show, hell yes, I agree. But at the exact same time, what are the different things what are the different things that we try to do to try to fix that? And one of the things that we try to do once again is trying desperately to break down the barriers that exist, regardless of gender, regardless of background. Because let's be honest, there's a lot of you talk about white dudes, there's a lot of white dudes. I'm in South Dakota, and they have no option to get into an awesome career field like this. If they didn't go to college, they're stuck with like construction or service industry. And that barrier that exists, it exists across all different marks of society we need to break those down so we're trying we're trying could we do better absolutely and i think that that's the one thing that we got to keep saying is we got to keep trying all right is that a good point to close in on and by the way there's a lot of there's a lot of women that are doing amazing things in the industry and i don't know go go follow them go support them and uh, you're going to be amazed at what's actually happening really under the hood because one of the things by the way i did want to say one thing a lot of guys are like, well, there's no women in IT. I'm on Twitter all the time, and I don't see women in IT. It's because Twitter is an echo chamber, and it's giving yeah. you certain things. Um, and as you start reaching out, as you start following more people, as you start retweeting people, like your view of the universe changes very quickly. And that says something. All yeah. right, so are we ready to wrap yeah. it up, gentlemen? Yeah, no, that's, let's do it. So, Ryan, take us out, sir. Yeah, stay <laughs> off Twitter, too. <laughs> yeah.